You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to at theleap.substack.com. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today is the last day of the Locked On Ultimate Season Preview in the NFL. Go back and listen. It started August 30th. If you need to get caught up, every team, every division, with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora, follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Today, our friend Lily Zhao is back. Zhao, you doing the first Zhao, you doing of the 2021 regular season. Get us set for Packers Saints in Jacksonville. Uh, We will also talk about Aaron Rodgers because he went on the Pat McAfee show and had some thoughts about some things as he is wont to do. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, And that will be a story for as long as Aaron Rodgers makes it a story. So I know there are going to be some people who go, the season is on. I don't care. I want to focus on the present. Okay, I agree. Let's do that. But if every time he goes on Pat McAfee's show or every time Peter King asks him a question, he gives a comment worth talking about, we are going to talk about it. And that is just the reality of the situation. And by the way, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has a problem with that because if he did, he would say, I'm not answering these questions anymore. I want to focus on the season. He's answering them. So clearly he cares enough to continue to talk about them, his right. And we're going to just treat it as such. I want to dig into this game though. Because we'll talk to Lily about some of the Rodgers stuff coming up. Week one can have some weird outcomes. And there are times when we will look back at stuff that happened in week one and we're just like, what happened? How did that work? And and why why were we so unprepared for that to be the case? Um, and then also, like, wh- uh, uh, how did Team X beat Team Y? You know, how did the Colts lose to the Jaguars in week one? I mean, there are these kinds of things happen all the time. And I'm not saying that to be an alarmist about what's going on with the Packers. I, I am merely pointing out that things are weird in week one. And one of the reasons is unscouted looks. One of the reasons is uh, new schemes, new players. That's more than one reason. That's many reasons. So, The Saints have this advantage going for them offensively. We do not know what an offense with Jameis Winston at quarterback looks like for Sean Payton. Now we can go back and and look at some of those, you know, 2010 offenses where Drew Brees was slinging it down the field and you've got Jimmy Graham in that offense and you're, you're going deep. I think the problem for the Saints is they don't have those guys. They don't have those horses. So, I don't know if they can play that way consistently. Now, if you're if you're a team that does have some question marks at receiver, then I think the best way, much like with a rookie quarterback, and I think Jameis qualifies as well because he is a high-variance quarterback, what you want to do is give yourself as many opportunities as you can possibly give yourself to sling it deep. 
to try and create big plays down the field. Because even if you just hit 30 or 40% of them, you, you go back and you look at like Aaron Rodgers passing numbers from last year on throws down the field. If you complete over 20 yards, if you're completing 50% of those throws, you're doing a pretty good job. If you're completing 40% of those throws, that, that's you're probably going to be above league average if you're creating big plays. And so if you don't believe that your receivers can get open consistently underneath, and I don't know why New Orleans would believe that they could. And if you don't believe that your quarterback can consistently make reads underneath without putting the ball in harm's way, and I don't know why you would. If, if you think that the best way, if, if those things are true, if you don't trust your quarterback to make reads and you don't think your receivers can get open, then the best thing to do is play a high variance game. It is not to hand the ball to Alan Kamara 30 times, at least not as a, a, um, an idea before the game starts. I think once the game starts, if it becomes like the NFC championship game with the 49ers and they just can't stop it and you're running for eight yards of carry. Yeah. Keep turning around and having, handing it to Alvin Kamara and, and maybe he can just truck stick the Packers all on his own. You hope that doesn't happen if you're green Bay, but it, it's certainly within the realm of reasonable possibilities for a game like this. So, you want to create variants. You want to you want to create stuff down the field. And you've got the Taysom Hill packages. You've got a, a an interesting gadget player like Deontay Harris, who you might be able to do some different kinds of things with. But this is an offense that right now, without Michael Thomas especially, just not that talented. They're just not that talented. And so you have to guard against the big play. The beauty of this for the Packers is their defense is specifically designed to prevent big plays. This is the perfect week. Because their defense is unscouted too. We don't know exactly what this defense is going to look like. We think we know. We have some ideas about what it's going to look like. We have some theories about what it's going to look like. But we don't know for sure what it's going to look like. And until they play, and they're probably going to make some tweaks to the system the same way Brandon Staley did. Brandon Staley did not just run a carbon copy of Vic Fangio's defense. Anyone who's doing that is not a very good coach. One of the reasons Brandon Staley is the boy wonder that he is, is because he did make some tweaks. He made some adjustments and as a game planner was so effective as a, as a matchup uh, uh, optimizer, he is such a good coach. Joe Barry doesn't have to be that. He just has to be someone who can get closer to maximizing the talents of every player on this defense, because that is the reason Mike Patton is not here anymore because he was not able to maximize what the defense in terms of talent had to offer. So that is an advantage for Green Bay defensively because you're going to see pre-snap disguise that is not on tape for Green Bay. It's not on tape. They didn't do it last year. You can go watch some Charger stuff um, or some Rams stuff, excuse me. Brandon Staley is in, in LA coaching the Chargers now, but was on the Rams staff. And and you're going to get some ideas. They're not the only team around the league that plays this defense, but we've never seen the Packers do it. How often are they going to slide Jair Alexander into the slot? How often are they going to lock him on the backside one-on-one when you have a single receiver to that side and say trips to the other side? How often are they going to play quarters versus uh, two high man? How often are they going to play traditional cover two? How often are they going to spin those safeties down and show two high and then play single high? And when they do, how often are they playing man versus zone? These are tendencies that Sean Payton can exploit in week six, in week 10, in week 15, in the playoffs. He has no track record 
to do that in this game. So maybe we see some specials. Maybe we see more Taysom Hill to give a little bit of a different look to mitigate the advantage that you're getting. Because if you put Taysom Hill on the bunch, you know, put Taysom Hill on the field a bunch, 10, 15 times, that that is 10 or 15 fewer plays where that sort of pre-snap disguise can hurt you because the plays that Taysom Hill is running are are one read kind of plays. It is, okay, we're going to go zone read or, hey, it's play action shot play and you either chuck it deep or you take off running. They're not complex pre-snap reads where he's going, okay, I'm picking a matchup or I'm picking a side or I'm doing a half field read. I'm going A to B to C. That's not really what they do when when they bring in Taysom Hill in these packages. If you were going to play quarterback, it would be different if you were going to start, but he's not. So this is a little bit of a chess game, but it's also a, a weighing of advantages because having your offense, and to me, having your offense be unscouted is better. I think Green Bay was able to catch some people offsides in 2019. Um, you know, literally and metaphorically with the way that they, they put together their offense, I think more so in 2020, um, when they were, when they were even heavier into the Shanahan tree stuff, I mean, they, they showed a ton of uniques in week one, but things that are part of the Shanahan system, they were just things that green Bay didn't really do before. They don't have that advantage this season. So how can Matt LaFleur push this offense forward? How can they find ways to be unique in week one, to show some unscouted looks? Are we going to see Amari Rogers on the field as a running back with Randall Cobb in, in jet motion and you get the jet fake and you get the fake handoff or, or maybe it's a give, but you get the fake handoff and now we're throwing into empty space. Are you going to get um, Amari Rogers in the backfield running that uh, shallow motion and then you've got RPOs, you can either you know chuck it to to Rodgers or hand the ball to Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon, or you can do the same thing with with Randall Cobb. The positional flexibility now and and the versatility that you have with this with this group allows you to push this forward. The question is, can you do it? And how much of it are you going to be able to show week one? How much of this can you make unique? How much of an advantage can you create for yourself because this is week one? And how much are you just going to rely on the stuff that you do? And you have Aaron Rodgers and you have Devontae Adams and you've got a good offensive line and a very good play caller. And that's just going to be good enough. Against Dennis Allen, you want to show some unique stuff. And the Packers did it um, in, in their game last year without Devontae Adams. And they were able to successfully play that that cat and mouse game with Dennis Allen. But we will see if that's something that they can rely on uh, again in this week one. We saw them do it last year. But can they do it in a way that pushes their offense forward the same way it did last year? I think that's a pretty big question. And if they can, I think it, it, it makes it even easier for you to envision a path to them winning this game and winning it in impression, impressive fashion on Sunday. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on football as teams get back to the gridiron for the start of the season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season. Get the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor pool open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, where if you make a bet on Thursday for Bucks Cowboys, they will refund that wager up to $25 for new customers when you sign up with the promo code NFL100. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
It is time for the first edition of the 2021 Packer season of Zhao You Doing. Joining me now from Fox 6, Lily Zhao. It's Packers and Saints from Jacksonville, at least for now. We're getting a little bit of a weather scare at the moment. Lily, Zhao You Doing? Hey, Peter. It is great to see your face. It is great to be able to talk to you, you know, like a normal human, I guess, right? With video and video. <laughs> As close to to normal human, this is like normal COVID human interaction on right. on, on computer to computer. Yeah. Uh, so we did get the first Aaron Rodgers Tuesday as well, um, and Rodgers said the communication has been better. It seemed like there was some there was some speculation that that an interview like this helps prop open that door a little bit to a return in 2022. Are we just bored and reading too much into all of this? Or like, do you, did you think there was actually some, some crumbs that if, if you are inclined to really want to cling to that you could? You would hope, right? Because we all know that the team is much better with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. If you can foster a way to build or to make the relationship better and that is via communication because that has been the biggest issue between the front office and Aaron Rodgers. And he has stated this before. And even Gutekunst has said that needs to improve. Right. If you can foster a better relationship with that communication. You have to imagine that they are building towards something as in retaining him after this season. Because the last thing you want to do is, you know, whether they make it to the Super Bowl or not, you don't want this to be the last year with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. So I would believe and I would hope that these conversations are going somewhere and that is in the hopes of bringing him back next year. How much effort are you going to devote to body language doctoring everything Roger says this season? Because I am going to say over and over that I'm not doing it and I'm 100% going to do it. So I'm just wondering if you've just like prepared yourself, you've steeled yourself to be like, okay, every time he speaks, I'm going to be going, eh? You have to kind of, because the way he's very, like, he, he's very, not planned in what he says, but he is very smart. You know, he's not going to mm-hmm. say something completely deliberate, very deliberate. Yeah. And so you have to, when you're able to see him doing an interview where you see his face, he could say something and then be like, mm, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then you have to kind of take those facial gestures or just gestures in general and just with what he is saying. So I, I feel like we're all probably going to do it right. Because at the end of the day, we want to know, are you going to be back next year? That's the big question. Are you going to be able to, Hey, hopefully win a super bowl, but are you going to return next year? Because if not, it's a Jordan loves team. Is it X, Y, and Z's team? Like we don't know, but I think a lot of people want him back. A lot of people want him back. So I think we're all going to be reading into it probably a little bit more than we normally would. (laughs) Uh, you mentioned the Super Bowl, and I think this is interesting because Rob Domofsky wrote in the, the the blurb, every every beat writer for ESPN had to put together a blurb, you know, a little bit of analysis, breakout players, bold predictions. And his bold prediction is that the Packers win the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers moves on after this season. And I think that set of events is particularly interesting because I have been working under the assumption that if the Packers do, in fact, go win the Super Bowl, that that is potentially the only situation under with which Aaron Rodgers actually returns. So do you think, because if they don't win the Super Bowl in almost any circumstance, I think he's out, whether it's retirement or trade. But if they do, what is your belief is the most likely outcome? Let's say the Packers do win the Super Bowl. 
Oh, I'm split on this because I can see it as a Peyton Manning scenario of you're on the highest of highs. You've just won your second Super Bowl, something you've been wanting for over a decade. And to get to this point has been contentious, right? In the offseason, it hasn't been exactly what you've wanted this far into your career as a Green Bay Packer. So I can see the highest of the highs of winning a Super Bowl and being like, that's good. I'm good. Like, I'm good with where we're at. We're all happy. We're content. And I'm going to take my talents elsewhere. But then on the other side of it, it's, we're fostering a better relationship with the front office. The communication will be better. Hopefully, obviously, his word will be taken more into these decisions. It's if we can get to that highest level, it's can we retain that relationship that we have fostered all season long and bring him back to do it again? Um, so I don't know. I, that's a great question. I, I would like to believe that when they, if they hopefully win the Super Bowl, he comes back and he can finish his career as a Packer because that relationship will be not mended, but will be in a better place than where it was this off season. So I would like to believe that, you know, he will come back to green Bay if they can win a super bowl, but then I, it wouldn't be outlandish to say he just rides off. He rides off in, into the sunset. If that's the case. I think so too. I think there is like a high degree of, of likelihood, whether it's the most likely scenario, I don't know, but I think there's like a, maybe a 30 or 40% chance that if they do win the Super Bowl, he just retires. I have to believe part of him, like let's say over the course of the season, they give him reasons to believe he will be a part of these conversations. I have to believe there is a big part of him that wants to make this work, that wants that wants the teams, the, the, the you know, the front office to be telling the truth about that and, and makes him curious to say, okay, what could this look like? What would one off season of this and then let's go from there. What would that look like? Doesn't there have to be part of him that's just going, okay, maybe this works. I and mean, we've all been in those, in those relationships that, you know, you, you, you want to make work. And then the person makes just like the 10% of effort yeah. that you want them to make. And you're like, okay, this is fixed. Let's just see. Let's just see. Maybe we can, maybe we can make this work. I don't know. It's, it's tough. And I don't, I, you know, I don't want to make this all about Aaron Rodgers' future, but he, I mean, he opened the door, so to speak. He did. And, and again, you were right in the fact that, you know, he said multiple times he really, really wishes he could finish his career as Green Bay Packer. He loves the fans. He loves Green Bay as a city. That's where he started his career. It's where he got drafted. It's kind of where everything has been with football with him has been in Wisconsin. So you would right. love to believe that he just wants to retire and go out with the bang on his own terms in Green Bay. And, and that hopefully is playing up until the last year he can physically play. Um, because we know he's all in, he wants to win a Super Bowl, and I think they have a great shot this year. But like you mentioned, beyond what does that conversation hold? Um, but I would believe that again, like you mentioned, they're putting in the 10%, right? The 15, 20%, hopefully, with the front office. Maybe that's just enough to hold him back or hold him in Green Bay and retain him, retain him until hey, maybe when he's like 45 or 50. I don't know. <laughs> it did. Uh, Pat McAfee on the show uh, when, when Rogers was on said that he thought Rogers could play for eight or 10 more years. And uh, I was just like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think Rogers wants to do that, but I don't think he's wrong to say that he could, because look at Tom Brady is 46 going to be 46 this season and doesn't, doesn't show any signs of slowing down. So for the Packers this week, because I, I want us to, to turn our attention to, to New Orleans now, even though it's going to be in Jacksonville. Uh, there is this question about weather. And, and I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a small question because now there is this growing chance that it's going to be affected by you know, some more weather systems moving through this weekend, some potentially strong weather systems moving through. Let's, let's say the game is played in Jacksonville and it is like 
a monsoon. Like it is just pouring down rain. Isn't that like, how do you think that affects the the game in terms of the likelihood that Green Bay wins? You would like to believe that it doesn't really change much with the pieces that they have. Yeah, you're going to try to run the football more. You're not going to be slinging it 50 yards down the field, right? If it's just a downpour, you'd have to hope that guys like AJ Dillon, whether it's Aaron Jones or maybe even Kylan Hill, they can shoulder the load and and just pound the rock. Um, That's going to be the issue. The field's going to be soggy if that's the case. You're not going to want to get anybody hurt because, you know, the last thing you want is just to tear an ACL net on a soggy field. So I think they would probably play it safe. You know, you don't want to get anybody hurt, especially week one of the season, right? Right. That's just, that would just be bad the rest of the year. Um, But yeah, it's just kind of, it's concerning to see that they weathered the storm in New Orleans with a hurricane. You move the game to Florida and there's another potential of a tropical depression moving its way through Florida. And you're like, that is not ideal. Um, but I would say, uh, you know, even if it, there is rain, I know they're going to contend with the heat and the humidity with hydration. They don't want cramping. It's if it does rain, like you said, I think they'll still be fine with the pieces they have. It's it's uh, if it's not one thing, it's another in Florida. That's just always been the case. Um, and so they're they're going to they can't control it. I mean, that's the that's going to be the message all week. Hey, guys, we can't control this. We can only control what we can control. All those cliches that Matt LaFleur loves, do your 111th, all that stuff um, that does not include playing amateur meteorologist. And, you know, it it is something that I think is going to be on players' minds. You have to hope that they're they're mentally strong enough to to handle all of that. As we as we look at the start of this season, it's a lot of familiar faces, right? I mean, these are a lot of the same guys that that we've seen for the last two years and and longer. In a lot of cases, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, almost two decades, he's been in Green Bay. Are there any of the new faces, whether it's the rookies, whether it's Randall Cobb, guys that that you are like, hey, I can't wait to see how they do X or how they use Y early in the season? Yeah, and I think if we start up front, it's, you know, do we see a Josh Myers? Do we see a Royce Newman? It's how do those young guys do protecting Aaron Rodgers? Because we know how well the offensive line held up last year. Rodgers was not touched a lot at all. So can they hold up? I think another intriguing piece is offensively, Amari Rodgers. What's he going to look like when he gets a shot? But I think yeah. you mentioned Raymond Cobb. It's, we didn't see a lot of him at all in the preseason at all. And we know we've seen what he can do in the past, but how does he really mesh with Matt LaFleur's offense? You know, what, what can he really do in the slot again? And I I think the intriguing piece is, you know, can AJ Dillon, what can he do behind Aaron Jones? A lot of offensive pieces. Quadzilla season. Quadzilla season. Um, And then on the flip side of the football, I, you know, I think I've talked about Eric Stokes ad nauseum, but I'm excited to see what the youngster can do when he's out there. I think everyone is. He's got to be the guy that I think, especially defensively, everyone is is really zeroing in on. I'm I'm anxious to see what Rashawn Gary can do because Preston or Zadaria Smith got back out there at practice on Monday, um, posted a, a relatively cryptic Instagram post about his. It looks seems like he's working toward trying to play Week One. Whether or not he's able to do that, very much still a question. And we talked about that on yesterday's show, how that could affect. Um, this this uh, this defense, especially against a quarterback that wants to turn the ball over, just he wants so badly. He wants to get. He wants yeah. so badly to turn the ball over. Um, Rashawn Gary is the guy. He's going to start if if Zadarius can't go, might start anyway. And so let's see against two really good offensive tackles if he's really ready to make that that step. I'm I'm really excited to see that. Um, as we as we try and figure out the matchups, is there? Um, whether it's like offensive defensive line, 
whether it's corners, receivers, is there a part of this game where you think the Packers, you know, they, they like this is the spot if they lose, this is the spot that broke down and, and is the reason that they lost? Oh, that they lost. Right. Um, oh, that's a good question. I, I do feel like the Packers have an advantage in a lot of spots. And so it's hard for me to say, oh, this is going to be a place where they could potentially lose if they don't play well, mainly because, you know, like Michael Thomas is not going to be playing week one. They're, they're thin at cornerback. The receiver depth is, ooh. Uh, is not great. Their cornerback depth is not great. So you'd have to imagine Aaron Rodgers is going to be picking people off in the secondary. Um, Jameis Winston, again, two years removed from a 30 interception season. So maybe special teams. I mean, that's really been their, yeah. you know, Achilles heel forever. So if they can even improve there with the punting and just, just give these guys a chance to get down there on the field, um, you, you know, you don't want them to lose in the third phase of the game. So I'd say maybe special teams, but I, I feel like when you're looking offensively and defensively and a quarterback Packers have the advantage there, in my opinion. I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot, make a pick. Let's hear it. What do you got over week one? Yeah. Are we doing scores or just teams? Uh, well, if you want to throw a, scale, a score out there, I usually wait until the end to, to do a score. But if you want to, if you want to throw out a score, I, I'd love to see it. If you have a season prediction, I would also take that. I Okay. Which, whichever one. Sure. I'll, I'll do. Um, I do. I do take the Packers week one. I feel like, you know, while it is in Jacksonville, I'm hoping the weather's not bad just for people and teams and everything. You don't want that to be the case. I, I do still think that Packers fans travel very well. Um, I think. Packers win week one season record. I'm going to go 14 and three mm. 17 games. I'm like, I love it. 14. I, did, I said 13 and four on Monday. So we are, we are aligned. And, and I don't, I don't even believe in the fourth loss. I gave them the loss at the Vikings. I think they're better than the Vikings, but you're going to lose one of these dumb games. Yeah. You're just going to, and they did last year when they were really good, they lost a dumb game against the Vikings. And it just seems like the Vikings every damn year, <laughs> they lose a dumb game to the Vikings and you're just going, what, what, what happened? Dalvin cook scores a million touchdowns and runs for 500 yards. And you're just like, I, I don't know that that's going to be the game this year, but that just seemed like road game. Most likely when I think their, their schedule is tough, but I think it breaks down nicely for them because a lot of their tough games are at home. They get the Rams at home. They get the Seahawks at home. They get the Steelers at home. And so you're going to lose some of these road games at 49ers at Baltimore, but like, are we 100% sure Lamar Jackson is going to be the quarterback for the Ravens in that game? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good question. Well, he could just be near someone with COVID and be out for two weeks. So, I mean, that's, that's the gamble that you're, that you're risking when, when you're, you have a quarterback who does not feel like he needs to be vaccinated. And so like, whatever, sure. It's his choice, but he's putting some, putting some pressure on his teammates in, in a case like that. Um, this is great. I, I'm glad that everyone gets to see you. And I'm glad that I get to see you because we do not get to see each other enough face to face in real life. So we'll just have to, we'll just have to take this for now. And, uh, the next time, uh, I get to see you, it'll still be great, but I, I got to see you a little bit more and, and the, the audience did too. And I think they will appreciate that. Lily, thanks for coming on and we will talk to you next week. Thank you, Peter. And I just have to say, I think I need to up my background game because this just pales in comparison to yours. You know what? As we were talking, I was going, I really like the art back there, like the the geometric, the black geometric shapes. Yeah, I think those are really, I can't quite see what the other things are, but I, I like the vibe. For, for just doing a vibes check, I like it. Thank you. Appreciate it.
minimalistic. <laughs> anyway, that was fun being on. Thank you. Thanks, Lily. All right. I want to thank Lily for coming on the show. Always great to talk to her. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut almond, and both of those coconut flavors. They are awesome. Cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, plus a slew of limited time flavors, each one more delicious than the last. And I love them. I have them as often as I can, as often as I remember to grab them. I have a 15-month-old, so occasionally I don't even remember what day it is or what time it is or where I am. Um, But when I am feeling hungry and I want something delicious and something that is still going to be good for my body, high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar, I reach for a Built Bar and you can do it too. When you go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKS15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com. The premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one week, full season, playoff, or the Super Bowl. And unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make everything your own. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million sports fans to make every weekend action-packed. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com or use the promo code Locked On at checkout anywhere, everywhere in the world. Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts this week. In fact, it starts September 9th. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. And betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. We are going to be back tomorrow, crossover Thursday with Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. One of the best guys on this network. Can't wait to have him in and get the inside scoop on what's going down with New Orleans this week and this season. Uh, I would love for you to sign up for The Leap. Uh, we've, we've got some great stuff there. Um, I have a piece today about how I expect the, the Saints to try and defend the Packers. And uh, I, uh, I think how the Packers can attack that defense as well. So uh, a lot to get to there. I would love for you to check that out at theleap.substack.com. Me and Jason Hershorn, America's guest, put in a lot of work so that you can get the best Packers insight every single day. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anywhere, anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.